digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is Will the Thrill. And to that, I say greetings and salutations. No beverage, unfortunately. Uh, again, we're moving, so we don't know where the beer is. Could be somewhere. I don't know. No idea. Uh, we also, yeah, and like, you know, it's the whole moving process is like, I, no one tells you like the thing that you say the most in a house when you move into it is, honey, do you know where the fill in the blank? That's pretty much yeah. the question you ask like six times a day. Uh, I've lost my keys more times than I can count. Thank God I put like a little tile on it. So I can push a button to make smart. Um, all right. And then my brother from the exact same mother, Mr. TJ2, the deuce. Mm. Were you, did you already have it opened or what? Did that? No, I don't know. It's, this is um, this is a nice glass of the dogfish head whiskey that you uh, that you uh, so generously uh, endowed me with. Yeah, the let's get lost, right? Mm. Oh, it's good. It mm. is good stuff. Yeah. Mm. You got to save some for when we come. Not that I'll drink it, but you need to say <laughs> Listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> no promises. Well, this is our spooky slap nuts. Ooh, Hank and Booger. <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course, before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a little ears non-episode. So if you have little ears, definitely this is not the episode uh, to let them listen to it's going to be very very scary uh there's probably going to be some language and uh the songs of course that we're playing are going to be on the creepier side so uh mr tj2 why don't you let us know what we're talking about today well first of all i've, I've come up with a little theme song for our spooky slap nuts oh okay yeah i'll allow it <laughs> she slapped my nuts <laughs> she slapped my big photos she slapped my nuts Wow. Is that, is that to the monster match? Uh, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. She's at I'm, my nuts. I'm, she's at my she's at my monster nuts. My monster nuts. Honey. I mean, will it catch on? We'll see. You know, I share DNA with this human and it just <laughs> constantly confounds me that we we are of fifty oh. percent the same DNA. <laughs> this is some good whiskey. All right, so what are we going to be talking about today, T? <laughs> okay, so first of all, we'll be doing songs about murder slash killing. Mm. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of ways to go with that. There's ones that are a little more whimsical. If, if you can have a whimsical ditty about whacking somebody, I can actually think of a couple. I actually have one whimsical song about whacking somebody uh, on my list. Okay, I, I, I might know what the song is, but I will, we'll, we'll let you uh, reveal that later. Then we're doing songs that just creep us out. And finally, we are doing uh, songs about true crime. Yes. All right. So uh, Actual, not, 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 you know, there's, there's lots of songs about heists or crimes, but they're, they're fanciful. These are ones that are based on actual real occurrences. Yes. Yes. And 90% of the, the list that I, I could have just filled it out with Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds murder ballads. Uh, so with that caveat, I, I, I only went with one Nick Cave song <laughs> in my whole list. 
but uh but yeah same oh. same for chris knight and i actually did do one whole list of just chris knight killing songs oh nice well good stuff yeah we, before we get to our list though we do have one death that we need to report on i'm pretty sure you guys know this by now but a jerry significant lewis, one jerry lee lewis the killer after having uh his death prematurely announced actually did pass away and i do believe he was 87 wow correct yeah yeah. And they, they announced it before he was officially passed away? Yeah. A couple of days. Yeah. I think it was TMZ that jumped the gun. And normally TMZ, and this is, I hate that this is on record. Normally TMZ is pretty good about double checking that everything is well, correct before they pull the trigger on it. And, and, they, yeah. and they obviously had a source and knew that he was very close, obviously, because he then did die two days later. But yeah. How about when the coroner tells you he's dead? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. You pulled it. We have this with Tom. Same thing stone. happened with Tom Petty. You, you you pulled a Rolling Stone, TMZ, and that's yeah. never good. Um, and I do want to thank gosh, what a what a pioneer. Just label mates with Elvis and Johnny I Cash. Were and... say, I thought you were gonna say what a pedophile, and I was gonna agree with you. <laughs> Well, the thing I always mention is like, well, he married his 14-year-old cousin. Yeah, and he also shot his bass player. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying which is worse. I'm just saying maybe mention that he, you could possibly mention the whole shot his bass player or tried to shoot him. I think he shot He's him. He's got a colorful past. Yeah, one of us has got to cover him eventually, so. But put, put, all, that, put all that stuff aside. What a freaking pioneer, man. I mean, he was, he was part of the Million Dollar Quartet, right? Yeah. He was the last one that was left, I think. Yep. Because Elvis is dead and Cash is dead and Perkins is dead. Yeah, he was the last one. Yeah. And just yeah. that there's a, I read a very interesting story, and I'm sure you can find it, where they, the, the, the author made the argument, Great Balls of Fire was among the first punk songs. Hmm. Interesting. They actually argue that it's punk rock. Huh. Huh. One of the chord progression. I mean, it's not, yeah, I could see how that could come into play. But yeah. if you watch some of those early performances, you have to think about, take, you have to look at them through the eyes of white bread 1950s America and just, and, and think that people were probably literally clutching pearls. <laughs> like, oh yeah. my God, what is that hillbilly doing? <laughs> Ooh, no. uh, well, again, from the rock and roll family uh, to his, we, uh, send you guys all our thoughts and our prayers and um, moving on to something actually a little bit more uplifting i want to actually thank uh, a listener ak toolhead who left us a, a very sweet review you can check that out on itunes and while you're there checking out that review uh leave us one if you're gonna leave us a good one don't leave us a bad one i want people to listen that's my that's my 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 holiday wish good reviews only yes but ak toolhead left us a very well, if you nice think, if you think we suck just email us and tell us why you think we suck and how we could improve we're happy with constructive criticism that's perfectly fine yeah and we do answer our own emails we are we're kind of a three man band and we we do this you know with us when you when you reach mm -hmm. out to us on facebook uh and i also want to thank our one of our new admins on our facebook page which is thea Mm -hmm. yes uh, thank you they, uh she has graciously uh helped take over uh some of the the facebook admins so i just want to welcome her to our podcast family so i think that's pretty much all our stuff so why don't we just get into some creepy stuff right now guys <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, wants, buggers. who wants to go first which uh category are we doing first we're doing creepy songs songs that creep you out okay i'm gonna nominate oh, uh, will how gracious of you all right 
I'm going to go with an old school option here. And I think a lot of children who grew up, uh, I would even say our parents' generation, uh, can relate to this one. I would have to go with the original Night on Bald Mountain. Interesting. It was, com- oh, good. Hmm. It's a really interesting choice because we, I think my oldest song on here is like from the 70s. I may have oldest song here because it actually goes back to a composition by Modest Mazorsky. He's he's Russian. Uh, Mazorsky, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize don't if say. I don't. Say again? I said you don't say. He might be Russian. Uh, he, he is Russian, actually. Uh, the original title of the composition was actually Night on the Bear Mountain, and it leaned heavily into myths about witchcraft. Now, what's interesting about this, this piece is that when it was being composed, he was working with a few contributors, but there was one that was actually, you can't find a lot of information about. It's really weird. And apparently, uh, Mazorsky sent this letter to him while they were discussing sort of the theme of the piece, which is, so far as my memory doesn't deceive me, the witches used to gather on this mountain, referring to the Bear Mountain, gossip and play tricks and await their chief, Satan. On his arrival, the witches formed a circle round the throne on which he sat, and in the form of a kid, sang his praises. When Satan was worked up with sufficient passion by the witches, he gave the command for the Sabbath, in which he chose for himself the witches who caught his fancy. This is what I've done, when he's talking about the score. So that's allegedly a letter Mazorsky wrote to one of his contributors. Of course, the most popular version of the song is from Fantasia from 1940. That one was arranged by Leopold Stosky and performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra. So my first one's Night on Bald Mountain. He did way more work than uh, I'm sure me or Travis did. Uh, I'm sure just, way more. This is what I could find. Um, do you want me to keep going on my list or should I pass yes. it to someone else? Okay, yes, great. Going. So we'll move up about uh, considerably uh, in decade here to 1997. I know I've mentioned the song before and I think it's a landmark one in the Oingo Boingo canon and that is Insanity. It is the opening track on the Boingo album released in 1997. The video is quite unsettling. It's sort of a stock motion like monkey doing surgery on dolls. It's incredibly unsettling through and through. The tone is set by, of course, Danny Elfman, who's known for the dark and creepy. And that's one that will easily get under your skin, especially on a cold, dark night in the middle of October. So Insanity by Oingo Boingo. And my number one, if anyone who's listening to this podcast for more than an hour will know a song that will always creep me out is Roller Coaster of Love by the Ohio Players. Wow, that that is so bizarre. Well, no, there's, there's, there's a myth surrounding it that it's apparently the scream you hear is someone being killed. Um, as far as I know, that is myth only. I don't know anything to prove or LD, correct if I'm wrong on that, to prove or support that. No, because there is a specific woman that is credited for that scream. People say like, oh, they were recording next to the subway and it's the sound of a woman being murdered or, oh, someone recorded it kind of blowout style. Uh, and that's that's what they went with. But no, it's it's actually there's like a woman that was credited for it. Got it. So that notwithstanding, I do think it's an incredibly creepy song with just the minor chords that it opens with. And you have almost this calliope feel to the music in the background. It sounds like a demented circus and it just always creeps me out, always will. So thank you, the Ohio players, for creeping me out. You've got my number one with Roller Coaster of Love. All right. All right. T, do you want to head head up this next one? Sure. Um, now, my list is, a, is slightly longer than three, but I did um, no homework, and I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really not going to take very long. So uh, I, I have a top five, actually. 
Okay. Uh, number five, Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. Oh, good one. And I can't put my finger on it other than it just sounds evil. Mm-hmm. And if you, it, I think it was Geezer Butler had painted inverted crosses and devils and stuff all over his, his house or his bedroom. And he was reading a, a book about witchcraft. And you know, he says that he was asleep and he woke up to see a, a dark shadowy figure at the foot of his bed that just scared the absolute hell out of him. Yeah. He, he, he has one of the greatest names in rock history, Geezer Butler. Geezer Butler. You know, now, but he, he says that he saw this, this and he said it just, it, it was an unsettling uh, feeling that that dark shadowy presence at the foot of his bed gave him. As it turns out, his old lady had just had to, you know, drop a deuce in the middle of the night, but, but still, <laughs> she was wandering that. I love that. No, he, he says that there was a dark shadowy figure and that's what inspired uh, the song Black Sabbath. Um, oh. this, this is probably a, a song you, you like a lot. I love this next song, but You'll see a, a recurring pattern with mine. Silent Lucidity by Queensryche. Hmm. Okay. Because there's a part where the big guitar and the orchestral stuff blends, that they're in the background, there's distorted voices. And I don't like this. I do not like them. I don't like this. <laughs> they creep me. And there's just something about that part, the little break before the final verse, I, I, that I just, I just kind of go like, eesh. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Okay. So wait, distorted, like the wah wah pedal? <clears throat> no, like there, there's a voice that sounds like this. Oh. It's like there's a just, so there's pitch, like a, a, an altered, distorted sounding voice, Got and it. I don't like it. Yeah, okay. Preach me. Uh, next, Satan is real by Hank the Third. Same thing. It's there's a distorted devil voice, and I don't like it. All right, <laughs> fair enough. I like the song. I get. I like the song. Like the artist. That's, there's just that distorted voice thing that I don't care for. Uh. The next one is not a distorted voice, it's, but it is the voice that bothers me. And that would be, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by Tiny Tim. <laughs> That's the one you went with, not Tiptoe Through the Tulips? No, God, that I, I'm sorry. I'm sure Tiny Tim was a lovely person. His voice, just, unsa- it's a little, it's not just that it's annoying or that it, I don't like the way it sounds. There's something about it that unsettles me, and I don't know what it is. I, it's almost like it's too high. And it's too wibbly, if that makes sense. And, it's, <laughs> and there's like too much, there's some kind of emotion it evokes and conveys that I just, I don't know, it just, it just makes me uncomfortable. I just don't like, I really don't like hearing his voice. And number one, the creepiest song of all time for me, and if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you already know what, what it is. That would be Black Star by David Bowie. Yep. It creeps, it creeps me the hell out. I don't like. The distorted voice. It's the distorted voice and the the weird. There's, there's a there's something about parts of that. It's a beautiful song, but where the music is, I don't know if it's that it's minor chords or if that it's like slightly out of tune or something. There's something about the music itself that I that creeps me. And then the the distorted voices and the backwards playing music and stuff. I really don't like the whole thing. Just creeps me out. I don't like it. I see, and that's for me. Like that's one of my favorite songs by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love it. Do not, love do it. not care for it. <laughs> I figured you would either go with that or Lazarus. Like, I didn't know which one you were going to pick. Either one. Yeah, either mm-hmm. one. But that Black Star is a little creepier. Fair enough. And that's All a right, great I album. And I, 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 I like the song. It's just, it creeps me a little. Oh, maybe I'll try to post this on our social medias, but I just bought dish towels. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's dish towels. They're David Bowie dish towels, and they say, 
d -d -d dishes turn and face the drain. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. <laughs> They're amazing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> all right. All right. So I guess uh, I'm up with creepy songs. I don't yep. think any of mine are going to be like shocking, but um, I also have five, but I have two honorable missions that I'll just kind of like kick out there. Um, number five, Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And there's just something very like dark and dirty about that song. And this, the same goes for this next song, which is The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. Um, yeah, oh, you know, I, I considered I considered both of those. I actually really did. Um, he also, Marilyn Manson also did a cover of Sweet Dreams for the, I, I don't know if it was specifically for the movie House on Haunted Hill, but uh, it's at the very end. It's the end credit song. And it's so good, but it's so creepy. He's just a creepy dude. Um, I argue that's creepier than beautiful people. I I, I believe so because it's like melodically mm -hmm. dirty. I don't know, but um, so for my my proper list, and I I don't know if it's I couldn't delineate if it's because of the video, or if it's because of the song, and that's kind of the same with two of my my picks. But I went with one by Metallica. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I could say that. But it's so linked to the music video that I don't know if I'm creeped out by remembering the music video or if I'm creeped out by the actual song. But it's 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 a very disturbing music. Which which of course features clips from it features clips from the movie Johnny Got His Gun. Yes. Correct. Which by the way is a fantastic Which is a mega, mega super creepy movie. I try I tried to watch the movie and it was just it was hard, but I loved the book. Loved the book. Uh, then I chose this again because uh, they played it over a video that I watched, but it's not the music video for the song. I chose This Is The End by The Doors. Hmm. And uh, there's a video floating out there of the death of Vic Morrow and the two kids on the set of the Twilight Zone movie. And everybody knows how much I hate John Landis for this, but... Uh, they played that over that video, and for some reason now, every time I hear that song, it just creeps me out. I just associate it with darkness and death and just fear, and it's one of the creepiest songs for me. And I don't think this is going to be a shock for anybody. My number one song, Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. And that's yeah. not just because of the video, right? No, it's not. It's the whole song. It's that <laughs> that back, I don't even know what it is, the... the like that thing whatever that is yes ruka exactly it's that like almost like i don't even know what instrument it is like it's a guitar it, it, yeah whatever it is it's just super high and super unnerving and it just it's kind of like nails down a chalkboard like it hits my spine in a certain way and i just i don't like it like and that's the thing is like if you go back and listen to our chris cornell thing you guys are our, our chris cornell episode you guys will hear like I really like Chris Cornell's voice. I like other music. I like other songs from Temple of the Dog and Soundgarden. And like, that's that's great. It's just this one song that it just hits me in the feels in the bad way. And that's my list. All Very right. Nice. So uh, what what's Creepy. the next one that we're gonna cover? What do we what do we like? Do we want to do murder next so we can uh, get our songs in? Sure. All right. So uh, T, why don't you take the lead on this? Okay. Uh, again, I did a little beyond our normal assignment, but I'll, I'll just kind of blow through them kind of quick. Um, how about Johnny Cash? Don't take your guns to town. Okay. 1958. 
You got a few options with cash, don't you? There are several, yes. And he actually made another, uh, my, um, our next list for me as well. Nice. With a song that could also have gone on this list, actually. Huh. But um, uh, I've got um, Coward of the County by Kenny Rogers. Oh, oh. good song. Forgot I forgot about that one. Now, because in my mind, when uh, Not a Gatlin Boy is standing at the end, then, then they're all dead. Oh, yeah, Yeller's killed all of them. Don't y'all think that at the end, all the Gatlins are dead? It's been a while since I heard the song, but based on that description, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, at the end, you know, you know the Gatlins roll into town, and they, uh, there's really, not really not a nice way to say what they do to Becky, is there? No. No, it's a group violation Yep, that's deal. as far as we go. And, uh, Got it. And uh, the Kenny Rogers' character, um, who's never had a fight, has always turned and run from fights, he... He, it's possible he just whipped their ass. I think he killed myself. He may have, yeah. I think all those years of, of bottled up angst and anger and whatnot, I, I think it exploded. And I think I think the gallons are dead. Well, I mean, the fact that like people called him yellow. Yeah. Like I, y- there's only a time. Like, and if you guys don't know, because like that is a pretty antiquated thing. They used to call you a yellow-bellied chicken or yellow, which meant you were a coward. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a moment where you just explode. Yeah. And uh, I think you're right. Okay. Now, I, I think they all die. Uh, up next, I've got Poncho and Left. Um, this, of course, was written by the great Towns Van Zandt. Actually, he recorded it in 1972. It was a big hit, however, for Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard in 1983. I um, keep forgetting that. What's that? Uh, Merle Haggard. Yeah. I keep you, you forgetting forget that he's that. a thing. Yes. Or, yes. You should not forget that Merle Haggard existed. <laughs> he was kind of a big deal. He was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I just keep forgetting he recorded it. Oh, they recorded it. Yeah, he and Willie yeah. did a, a fantastic um, duet on that one. The Road Goes On Forever by Robert Earl Keane. The only actual death in this one is um, Sherry kills the police officer. Sonny takes the rap for it and he ends up going to the chair. And she gets to keep all the money that they had thieved. Huh. Well, um, that, that might be... There's part that, of me that, that, that thinks that... Uh, there's part of me that thinks that Sherry is a complete bitch face. Well, the, the sort of thing that you're just talking about now is about to come up in another song. I think somebody else is going to pick it. Like the, the same idea behind like, okay, someone murdered someone, someone else took the blame for it, and then they died. Yeah, she, she took the, you know, he, he took the blame for it. And he told her, here, take the money. If they, if they, if you get caught, tell them I forced you into it and all this stuff. So on one hand, she does what Sonny says she should do. On the other hand, it's like, you let him go to the chair, really? Because they, they fry him at the end. He dies. Yeah. And you're driving Typically and you're driving you're driving down Main Street in your new Mercedes. Yeah, bitch. typically the, the, the law is a lot more lenient when it comes to women and the death penalty. Yeah, they, they don't tend to you know, do that. But anyway, eh, yeah. that's that's eh. uh, it's a great that's one of the best story songs ever, 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 friggin' ever. Uh number two for me, Love and County by Charlie Robinson. Um don't know probably that not one. one Probably not one a lot of people know, but it again, that is a fantastic piece of macabre storytelling. And number one for me, I actually couldn't, 
I'm just going to tell you who the, uh, the artist I have at number one is Chris Knight. Okay. For those who aren't okay. familiar with Mr. Knight, his, um, the body counts on his albums are pretty high. Very dark, very gothic. He was actually called like the gothic hillbilly Bruce Springsteen. I saw a reviewer refer to that. <laughs> he's a terrific, he's a, uh, he's a fantastic songwriter. But so many people die in so many of his songs. I had trouble picking one. Do we want to go with one that's actually murder, or do we just do we want the best killing song of the bunch? Let's go with actual play, murder. Which, which, I'd say murder. Yeah, actual murder. Okay, Love and a Forty Five is probably my favorite of the bunch, but that's not a murder. Uh, there's a cop that uh, does what he has to do at the outset of the song, uh, but we'll skip over that one. Uh, okay, do you want a slightly upbeat one or just dark and scary? You just up, y'all. So dark and scary. I mean, it's okay, all right. man. Dark and scary. Yeah, let's do all it. Right. Well, then, then we're gonna go with Chris Knight. Uh, this is from his uh, 2001 album, "A Pretty Good Guy." This is the song that introduced me to him and made me just grab my attention and made me realize what a phenomenal songwriter this dude is. This is a song called "Down the River." I was 18, my brother was 21 One Saturday evening When all the work was done We went down to the river Had some tried lines to run My brother Walter Had a fight the week before Knocked a boy named Wilson Through the pool hall door They said you don't mess with Wilson Unless you want a war I put the boat in the water And I made the engine run I loaded the lantern Against the sinking sun And my
Well, that was sufficiently creepy and fantastic. All right. Yeah, that's an, there's an uplifting uh, ballad for uh, everybody. Hopefully that'll pump a little sunshine into your day. <laughs> <laughs> that will, hopefully that will, that will imbue you with uh, a great deal of sunshine and warmth and happiness and mirth. Be blessed. <laughs> Be blessed. So did y'all, um, did y'all, were y'all familiar with that song? Not at all, but it's great. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, what did y'all think? Uh, creepy, but good. Like like an eerie Leonard Skinner. That's what I can think of. Yeah. Not not only did he kill Wilson, he chained his body to an anvil and threw it in a deep spot of the river. Yeah. Not just any spot, the deep spot. Uh-huh. Also, can we just talk about like what the process is? Because we talked about like the whole process about like in the 70s to like go get a concert ticket. You had to like wake up, you know, and go stand in line, like get in your car, drive to a window, stand in line. Like what is the process of buying an anvil? Was it was it easier? It must have been. Like, oh, so you you doing some blacksmithing? No, just ring it up. <laughs> Here's your anvil. Thank you. Yeah, yeah but uh, we all know you got to throw them off the scent. You got to throw them off the scent. You just can't buy an anvil. You have to buy an anvil and like some gum. Right. <laughs> yeah, all I'm right. Gonna need, uh, I'm gonna need an anvil and um, some chiclets. All right. Hey. Stop, drop, and roll, because I'm on fire for a commercial break. The fire is out, and we're back. So, uh, Will, would you like to divulge your list of just straight-up murder? Sure. Songs about straight-up murder. So, I'm actually going to start where you would least expect it, and that's going to be Green Day. Huh. Who knew? The 1994 Dookie album seems all happy and sunshine and rainbows throughout the whole thing. And again, you could do an entire series on just songs that sound happy, but are really demented. We actually already did that uh, with uh, the original TJ. Yes, and and there's a lot of good material there. This one would fit perfectly into that wheelhouse, and that is Having a Blast. Don't know if you've heard it. I believe it's the second or third track. I think the second track off the Dookie album. And it's basically about someone strolling into a public place, strapped with explosives, and setting them off. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, they're very scary, especially in today's world. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, of course, masked by the happy chord progression and the joyous vocals of Billy Joe Armstrong. But at the end of the day, it's about someone basically committing a suicide bombing attack. Jesus. Um, yeah. Not what you'd expect in that, in that album. Again, entitled Dookie. So there you have it. Having a blast definitely comes to mind when it comes to a lot of murder, death, kill, as they say in uh, Demolition Man. I also went with, this was a Nirvana cover. However, the original, there's a lot of mystery surrounding the original. And this is, where did you sleep last night? This one supposedly stems back to the 1800s. The first recording that really got some traction was by a guy named Doc Walsh, who was a banjo player in 1926. But it's been the most famous version, I would say, is done by Lead Belly, the blues artist, in 1944. And this is, of course, a song about a gentleman who uh, the alternative title is The Pines, In the Pines. And it's about a guy who suspects his wife is cheating. He goes out to find out, and then suddenly he winds up dead. So he never really gets to find out if his wife is cheating. Was it his wife that murdered him? Was it her lover? Was it somebody else? Remains a mystery to this day. 
And this song was covered by Nirvana in their Unplugged concert in 1993. They did Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Again, crediting the original artist is kind of hard on this one, but most credit goes to Lead Belly uh, for this little mystery about a gentleman who goes out to find out if his wife has been unfaithful and winds up dead. And I think LD, you alluded to this earlier, my top pick in the song we're gonna to play tonight is from the great Reba McIntyre. Since we are in Georgia, I think it'd be appropriate to fit a, to get a song that fits the state and that is the night that the lights went out in Georgia. I fully agree. Also, um, not originally by Reba McIntyre. It is a remake. I don't no. know who did it originally. It Val was Vicki Lawrence. Vicki Lawrence. Really? Okay. I was like, it's Valerie Harper. No, it's not. Yes, Vicki Lawrence. That's what no, it's it's Vicki Lawrence. It's of Carol Burnett and Mama's Family fame. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. But uh, I think Reba's the one that I know the best. Uh, that one came out of was it ninety one, ninety two? It was early nineties. Somewhere around there. Yeah, but certainly the one that I think got a lot of attention and was of course a murder with a twist. Uh, so, Andy Walt. What's that? Is that the one you're going with? Or? That's the one I'm going to play. Yeah, I, I think I'll let the song tell the story of. Again, two people meet in a bar and sort of the rest is history. So let's go with Reba McIntyre and the night that the lights went out in Georgia. All right. He was on his way home from Candletop. Been two weeks gone and he thought he'd stop at Webb's and have him a drink before he went on to her. Andy Wolo said hello He said hi, what's doing? Whoa said sit down I got some bad news that's gonna hurt He said I'm your best friend And you know that's right But your young bride ain't home tonight Since you've been gone She's been seeing that Amos boy Seth Now he got mad And he saw red And he said boy don't you lose your head Cause to tell you the truth Just 
God, that is such a good song. It's a great one. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Reba, Reba presented um Reba presented some uh, saucy characters back in that era, huh? She Indeed. did. I mean, fancy alone is like <laughs> have we've talked about fancy before. <laughs> it's a great song too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um that's not one you should have your kids singing. No. <laughs> No, no. Actually, pay attention to what she's uh, saying, and I think you'll realize you shouldn't have your uh, youngster sing that at the old folks' home, like I think LD once did. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. All right, ladies and gentlemen. There must be a recording. Here's a little number about about, uh, underage whoring. I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Here's it, one chance, fans, don't let me down. The baby is gonna starve to death. But here's a her here's mother's a, awful. Slutty dress. <laughs> the mother's awful. What a horrible person. Yes. Yeah. The baby. Why might don't starve, you go do I, it, Mama? But I got you. I got you a pretty dress. Go show the boys what you can do at this uh, center of meeting fancy. So uh, my list. I actually only picked three. Okay. Um, because I had gone so bananas on the the creepy ones and the true crime so i tried to stick to our our normal three i actually only have three for true crime i did the assignment for that one Dude, I like <laughs> eight i gotta narrow it down in my head so um for my murder i actually bought this album friggin loved this album uh it the first one comes from eminem which is 97 bonnie and collide me and my daughter could have picked a couple from Eminem, Stan is another one, uh, but there's a he really didn't like Kim, the mom of no, he sure, no, he sure did. <laughs> he did not like her, and uh, he he wrote a very graphic song about uh, what he would like to do with her. And later on, in the song Stan, they make an allusion to that specific song as well. So I think that he he felt about Kim about like Fancy felt about her mama, probably. Yeah. probably so what did you what did you think of uh the, the line of work your mother forced you into well, it left a real bad taste in my mouth metaphorically <laughs> and literally but i'm all right so the, the one the the whimsical song here's our whimsy song about murder um okay you can have a whimsical song about murder i chose one that has a great music video I love it so much. I love the song. It's great. It's catchy. You don't ever want to eat beans again. 
and that is goodbye earl goodbye earl great one i i guess they're calling themselves the chicks now and i'm they're just not. the chicks okay yep the chicks uh that is such a fun song and it's like hashtag girl boss um <laughs> death 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 by death by black eyed p yep yep you don't you you know you got to eat them for you're supposed to eat green you know you're supposed to be black eyed peas for good luck don't um, you use clorox or something no oh, I don't, that, was, that might be in the music video but i don't video, remember yeah. it with dennis but, franz yeah it is dennis franz, franz. krakowski yeah yeah it's it's such a good music video i suggest everyone go watch that music video it's so it's it's cute it's bright it's there's a a zombie it's awesome. And then the one I'm actually going to play is your very first selection from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And this one's featuring Kylie Minogue. And this one is called Where the Wild Rose Grows. I saw her, I knew she was the one She stared in my eyes and smiled For her lips were the color of the roses That grew down the river all bloody and wild When he knocked on my door and entered the room My trembling subsided in his sure embrace He would be my first man and with a careful hand He wiped up the tears That ran down my Was a martyred word 
cave and the bad seed with where the wild roses grow it's just voice is so haunting it is you know who it sounds like and i've never picked up on this until just now who sounds very similar to leonard cohen Mm. yes yes i don't know why that just that i've heard nick gave's voice plenty of times before that that, it just now it clicked i was like that sounds like sounds like leonard cohen (laughs) a little and I'll tell you guys, the thing about that song is that it's creepy to me because she says, they call me the wild rose and I don't know why, because here's my name. Think about how many times in true crime, they give they, they don't give a name to the victims, they give a name to the circumstance or to the killer or to something. Like think about the Black Dahlia, like, TJ, do you know what the Black Dahlia's real name is? No. Will, do you? Uh, I I know I do. I just can't remember it. Uh, I'm going to kick myself. It's Elizabeth Short. Ah, that's it. And then more recently, we have the Delphi murders or the West Memphis Three or, you know, so to have her called something that isn't her name is like taking away her identity. And for me, that is terrifying to be like just uh, something else that's not your your real name. It's like you didn't exist. Your, yeah, it's, it's like you're but being wiped I'll just history. say that for, to be the kind of song it is and deal with the subject matter it does, it's, it's oddly pretty. It's beautiful. That's the thing. It yeah. is, it's not bombastic. It's, it's basically he comes to her, he loves her, and then he takes a rock and he beats her to death. Right, floats her in the river, and before he does it, he actually does something kind of romantic. It's said with a question mark because he <laughs> puts a rose in her teeth. So wait, wait a minute, hold on. So we have two songs that ended with a dead body in a river. Yeah, <laughs> surprises that few. Yeah. Huh? Okay. <laughs> well, technically, I did make re- I did make reference to Stan, which would be a third one because he ends up pushing his car into the water oh yeah so yeah so we have more than two we have three at least i figured it was the minimum for this episode all right is it my turn to go first for true crime songs yeah all right you can or since i actually did i actually did the the um the actual assignment as i could go first because i think we might you said you have eight i only did three and i think one of ours is going to be the same i I technically have seven 
So go ahead, go for okay. it. Okay, all right, well, I'll, I'll go through mine real quick. Um, I'd only pick three. Uh, number three for me is The Midnight Rambler by the Rolling Stones. Oh, the nice. One, which, nice. of course, is about Albert, is it DeSalco? Who's the, the, who's the, the guy? The serial who, killer? Who, the guy who confessed to being the Boston Strangler. De Selva. The what? De Selva. De Selva, maybe. I, my, yes. my, my handwriting is horrendous, and I've, I've had brown liquor. So pretty, don't. pretty sure Selva. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, when this song came out in 1969, there were people who criticized it and said that it glorified a sexual violence and straight up violence. Oh, wow. I mean, I, yeah. can, I can see that. And like, that's, here's the thing about this whole, this whole episode. We are in no way glorifying uh, murder or true crime in any way, shape or form. Please do not get it twisted. We are doing these subjects because last year we did creepy soundtracks and that's, there's only so many creepy subjects you can touch on uh before you run out of stuff but like i know right now there's like almost a backlash happening with true crime after Dahmer came out yeah and, and oh boy i watched what two episodes of that and could not get through another one because holy cow it doesn't glamorize it but it's kind of it's kind of like oh what's the word it steps over a line. If it had been fictionalized, kind of like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, it would have been one thing, but like there are families that Dahmer killed that are still alive that have to know that this exists out there. And it's not, they do not shy away. It is incredibly graphic. Yeah. And it, it's very disturbing. Like, and I can understand, like we've hit, a, I think we've hit a plateau. So we yeah, are not- I, I can say that. There's a little, little bit of oversaturation. Yes, yep. Accurate. Okay, but anyway, so that's number three for me. Number two is the one that where I suspect we might we might intersect on this one, LD. We'll see. How about Todd Snyder with DB Cooper? Oh, <laughs> nice. All right, I'll give it to you because you know that's my favorite true crime thing because uh, no and, one. Got and <clears throat> I would actually be happy for you to give. I would actually be happy for you to give a thumbnail sketch to for those who are not familiar with Mr. Cooper's work. Okay, this is literally one of my favorite stories of all time. Not even joking. D.B. Cooper was the oh, okay. Let me let me tell you why. First of all, uh, I I like it. No one got hurt, and that's that was why it's my favorite true crime. No one no one actually got injured or killed, except for possibly D.B. himself. But uh, D.B. Cooper is not his real name. Uh, he presented a ID that said Dan Cooper, uh, but somehow the media kind of twisted it because he was sitting in the seat B. And uh, he was uh, one who hijacked the Northwest Orient Airlines flight 305 on November 24th, 1971. And yes, I am pulling this from my brain. Okay. It was a flight from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington. And he told the flight attendant that, well, he passed her note and he was like, she thought he was flirting with her. So she was like, Haha. and so she stuck the note in her pocket. And he was like, ma'am, you need to see that note. And so she opened up the note and uh, he, it, it was a note that says, I have a bomb. So he demanded $200,000 in ransom. And he asked for four parachutes, but then they stopped in Seattle. He let off all the hot, the, he let off all the passengers and then he told the flight crew to refill uh, the fuel and then fly to Mexico City. And then at some point, 
he opened up the back hatch of the aircraft door deployed the staircase because in that day they had like that fold-out staircase he parachuted into the night now here's the thing it was stormy and they don't exactly know when he jumped out so there's like this massive area that he could have jumped out into but they never was never recovered none of the money was ever used and then like a couple years later a kid found one of the stacks of cash that was linked to uh db cooper but they never actually found him and there have been some great uh, <clears throat> stories about uh people who claim to be db cooper and like there's money in walls and it's it's just a great story <laughs> so that's me showing my nerd <laughs> and 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 todd snyder did a, I, I really like his his song what just a, a sample line with all those men working overtime they swore they would bring him down, but a parachute and a few hundred dollars was all that they ever found. And that's a, that's accurate. Good that stuff. Poetry. Yeah. It is a terrific song, and, and Snyder has a, a lot of those, um, where he kind of takes obscure people in American history and kind of immortalizes them with really cool songs. Then Wild Mercury would be one. America's Favorite Pastime would be another. Just check those out if you're not familiar with his work. And finally, number one on my list, this actually could have gone on any of the three lists. <laughs> it was just a matter of deciding which one I was going to put this on, and I decided to put it on True Crime. Johnny Cash, Delia. There All it is. Right. Okay, good. Yep, there Delia's it is. Delia's gone. So, okay, for those who are unfamiliar, Delia's Gone appeared on, um, I think, his first American recording album, uh, American Recordings album in 1994. All right. Johnny actually did a version of the song in, in 1962. Huh. Oh, wow. uh, and then did did kind of a, a reworked version with Rick Rubin, you know, uh, 40 or, or 30 some years later. And I don't I don't know if everybody knows that that, that Dewey was a real person. So a, a, just a little bit of, of background that I dug up on this. Uh, her name was Delia Green. Uh, and there was some historians and folklore types who have researched um, her life story. It was very hard to do, but through some court transcripts and very old newspaper accounts, they were able to determine that Delia Green uh, lived in an area called Yawacraw, I believe. This is, this is way pre-desegregation. Okay, so that was an African-American neighborhood in Savannah, Georgia. Um, and she was killed on Christmas Eve night, 1900. Delia Green and Moses Cooney Houston were at a Christmas party at the home of a guy named Willie West, where Delia worked as they called her a scrub girl. So I took that to mean maybe she washed dishes. Okay. In the kitchen. Yeah. Is that, does that sound right for a scrub girl? I think that carries. Okay. Or, uh, now, or laundry. Yeah. Now Delia. Mm. Yeah, Delia. It could it could be either one. Delia and Moses had been quote going together for several months, though they were only fourteen years old. Uh, the relationship probably was sexual, it's theorized. Uh, that night, they were fighting. They were also very drunk, despite, again, being 14 years old. Uh, so Moses, a.k.a. Cooney, started teasing Delia. And according to trial transcripts, she um, got mad that she was being characterized as his wife. Like, she didn't like the idea that people thought they were married or he was presenting that they were married so she got really mad again they're drunk and she called her boyfriend cooney quote a son of a bitch 
an epithet that carried much more weight in 1900 than it does today, apparently. At that point, Willie West told uh, Cooney that he needed to leave the party. But as he was approaching the door, he pulled out a pistol, did Cooney, and he shot Delia. Oh, my God. Um, Cooney fled the scene, but Willie, yes, Willie West chased him uh, down and caught him, turned him over to a police patrolman named J.T. Williams, who later testified that Cooney confessed to shooting Delia, quote, because she called him a son of a bitch. He said he shot her and he would do it again. He was uh, sentenced to life in prison, but he was paroled on October 15, 1913, by order of Governor John Slate. He served about 12 years of a life sentence. Furthermore, he continued to have trouble with the law. Uh, he allegedly moved to New York City, and he is believed to have died around 1927. But there are, if you start just do a little research, there's a million songs about Delia. Waylon Jennings has one. Bob Dylan has one. Johnny Cash has a couple. There, there are just some of them are variations of the same song. Some of them are different songs. Waylon sounds like nobody else's. Um, and it's completely different. But it's, and, and we'll actually hear that when we get around to doing our Waylon series later this year. Um, but anyway, so it, that is a true story for those of you who, who are unfamiliar. The story of Delia Green. Excellent. Is that your whole list? Yeah, I just, did th- I, just I actually stuck to the assignment and did three that time. Oh, <laughs> As wow. prescribed. Very unlike me. All right, Will, do you want to you take this or shall I? Uh, it depends. I could wrap up or you can wrap up. It's up to you. Um, I have seven. So <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want to follow me up? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. because I got my three. All right. Go for it. All right. So we got some true crime on the docket here. I went with one that I think most people are familiar with, but may not tie the song to the incident. And that is, of course, Filters. Hey, man, nice shot. This may come across as kind of an industrial rock piece, and it certainly is, but it is actually written for the incident where the treasurer, PA, Pennsylvania State Treasurer, R. Bud Dwyer, took his own life on national television. In 1986, Dwyer was actually facing bribery convictions. He would fight these until the very end, saying they weren't accurate. And on January 22nd, 1987, there was a press conference that was filmed in which Dwyer addressed the members of the media, took out a gun, and shot himself on live television. Oh, my Lord. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can actually watch the video somewhere online. It does exist online. My suggestion is you don't. Yes. It is quite... I don't want to say it. Do do not look it up. Um, I made the mistake of doing that, and I regret it. I have very I, few regrets in my life, and that is one of them. I, I did not, I've not seen that one in particular. I've seen a couple that are very similar, and I never wish to see them again. I would like to unsee yeah. them if that would be possible. Yep. Yeah. So I don't recommend it. LD doesn't recommend it. TJ2 doesn't recommend it. Don't do it. Uh, but there is the live broadcast of Bud Dwyer taking his own life. Yeah, yeah. relax. Don't do it. And the, yeah, nice, nice. TJ. <laughs> and of course, the band Filter, popular in the 90s. Uh, penned the song Hey Man Nice Shot in a very almost irreverent fashion pertaining to the late treasurer. Um, and we have a personal connection to that. We have a friend whose uh, brother was in the band. There is that as well. Yes, and his brother is a Jesuit priest. He is now, yes. He is in a turn of faith that no one saw coming. My next one's going to be one I think most people do know, and that is, of course, Bob Dylan's Hurricane. It's one of my favorite songs by Dylan. And of course, Reuben Hurricane Carter was wrongly convicted of murder in 1967. There was a triple homicide in New Jersey that he was framed for. He actually ended up doing almost 20 years in prison on a wrongful conviction. 
Uh, Bob Dylan obviously penned the song in, I think, uh, 77 or 76. Uh, Carter was eventually released from prison, uh, but Bob Dylan's hurricane does pertain to that very incident in which Reuben Carter was wrongfully convicted of murder. Great. One of my favorite Dylan songs, too. Yeah, Will. I, I, that's, the intensity of that song is just off the charts. And the thing is, we're still doing this because they just released someone from prison. If you guys uh, you are listening to podcasts now, my gateway to podcast was actually one called Serial, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people are really familiar with. Uh, the Syed uh, case. Uh, he was just released, I think, 22 years after Jeez. being wrongfully convicted. So, um, I think they just, in, I think they just dropped all the charges. But like, yeah, no, like this still happens. Like, wrongful convictions and uh, people being in prison for far too long, especially, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into a political debate, but like this happens more often than you would think of people yeah. just being in prison for years before anyone will listen to it. Like the same thing happened with the West Memphis Three. We just yeah. drove through West Memphis and they, they had to take a different plea to get out because they had been in prison for, since like, I think 94. So And that, that plea is rarely used too. I think there's only like one or two other times. Right? No, I think it's used more than you think it is. We just don't hear about it. And that was a really high profile case. Mm. Because I heard about another person who took an Alfred plea. Got it. And I actually just learned about what the difference between an Alfred plea and a no contest plea is. Oh, and that is? Um, the Alfred plea is kind of, it's it's saying I'm not guilty, but you have enough to convict me where a no contest, and Al the Alfred plea happens after you've been convicted. The no contest comes before, I think, either the trial or conviction. So you can plead no contest. Like you plead not guilty or guilty, you can also plead no contest. With an Alfred plea, it comes after the conviction. It's saying that I, I know that you have enough to convict me. I'm saying I didn't do this. And that that I'm 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 very rudimentary. Double check my work, guys. Always double check. But one comes, I believe, before conviction, one comes after. And if there's any law dogs out there, please let us know. Weigh in in the comment section. Law don't go around here, law dog. Uh, <laughs> Tombstone, I believe, right? Indeed. <laughs> Classic. I got two guns, one for each of you. Ah, great movie. Such a great movie. And yeah. I'll finish this up with a one that, LD, you might know the case, but I don't know if it was, if you knew it was parlayed into a song by the boss. And that is the case of Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit. Okay. What's the song? Ooh, okay. The song is Nebraska. And it's, of course, the title track on my favorite Springsteen album. I get a lot of heat for this, but Nebraska is one of my favorite Springsteen albums. It is definitely darker. It is definitely more morose than his other material. But that song specifically focuses on the 1958 murders of Charles that Stark, Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugit committed in Nebraska and Wyoming. They teamed up and they basically immediately killed a gas station attendant in Lincoln, Nebraska. They proceeded to the home of Carol Ann Fugit's stepmother, sorry, stepfather, mother and their two-year-old daughter and killed everyone in the house, including the two-year-old. They would go on to commit 11 murders in the two states. I think only one of them was over the border, but most of them were in Nebraska. 
They were caught, of course, and convicted. Starkweather was executed for his crimes on June 25th in 1959. Fugit actually served her sentence until 1976 when she was paroled and released. Many do believe that this duo was actually part of the inspiration for Mickey and Mallory Knox for the natural they, born they are the They are the very first, like, they're definitely Nebraska's first spree killers, but they're one of the first spree killers, or as we, I, I'm going to look up the definition because I do know a lot about true crime, but like the definition between a spree killer and a mass murder, I want to say there's something different about them, but I could be wrong. They could be the same thing. Yes, I too am unsure on the difference. I can tell you Springsteen wrote the song for the 1990-1982 Nebraska album title track, of course, that focuses on those two and the murders they committed. So that's my number three, is, or number one, if you want to look at it that way, is Bruce Springsteen, Nebraska. All right. Okay, so mine, I, I, I you know, I'll breeze through a couple of these and only like point out some of the stories, but um, I figured you guys would know I would pick Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't like Mondays. Mondays. There are multiple Mondays. I just don't like Mondays. Uh, That is actually about the shooting spree of a 16-year-old named Brenda Ann Spencer, who fired on a playground at Grover Cleveland Elementary School in San Diego on the 29th of January, 1979. Uh, She killed two adults and injured eight children and one police officer. Didn't show any remorse for her crime. Uh, Somebody was like calling just the phone numbers on the streets and she just happened to pick up and they they had a full-on interview with her and I think the shooting only ended after they pulled a school bus up and she couldn't she didn't have a line of sight and that's how they saved the, the rest of the kids um but basically she was asked why she did it and she said I don't like Mondays and this livens things up oh wow I mean that she was caught like and the thing is I think she acquired the gun for either her birthday or for Christmas from her dad. And I think she just wanted a radio. And I got to say, dad, next time, just get your daughter what she asked for. Uh, One that makes a light note, like light uh, reference to a famous killer is uh, Phoebe Bridgers killer. And that actually touches on Dahmer. Uh, Then we have... One that uh, I didn't actually bring this out. Maybe it was sort of precog on my behalf, but like I, I did not bring this up. But Smooth Criminal is actually making reference to Richard Ramirez. That's right. Okay. Then we have Suffer Little Children by the Smiths, and that's the Moore's murder, which was carried out by Ian Brady and Myra Henley between 1963 and 1965. And by the way, uh, if you just look up what Myra Henley looks like, she just looks evil she just got she's got these the eyes that like bore through you it's yeah oh very little creeps me out most of the time that is definitely one of them because it's like her photo that they put out is black and white she's almost got like her chin down she's just staring it looks like she could just reach through you know that picture of vigo in in ghostbusters 2 it's like that her look is like that it's terrifying uh and then polly by nirvana yeah yep uh it's the story of gerald friend a serial killer and rapist who was caught after abducting a 14 year old girl in tacoma washington in 1987 friend had uh, kidnapped a girl at knife point after offering her a ride home from a concert 
Uh, he hung her up from a pulley that he had rigged in the ceiling of the trailer and then repeatedly beat her, tortured her with a blowtorch, and then sexually assaulted her. Um, then he drove around the town with her trapped in his trunk. Oh, um, good grief. He escaped from the back of his truck at a gas station, and this was his second offense, and he had already served a 20-year sentence in prison for a similar crime that he had committed in 1960, and he was sentenced to 75 years and was released on parole after 20, and then seven years, he did it again. Um, oh, my God. So How do you get out of jail after you do that? I, <clears throat> I don't know. I was listening to another podcast. I was listening to the last podcast on the left about Leopold and Loeb, two uh, kids who had committed murder. And I'm thinking, like, they killed a child. They killed a kid. And somehow, some way, one of them actually got out of prison, I, like, after 23 years. And I'm like, how? <laughs> like, it was, if you accidentally kill someone, it's one thing. They set out to kill this child. There was like malice, premeditation. Like, how do you get out of prison? So how did this guy get out of prison? And he did it again. He did it again. Um, and so that's that's what Polly is about. And uh, I'm moving on from that because I'm I'm not only disgusted, but I'm angry. And uh, I don't like it. So please take it back. But the uh, the final one that I'm going to talk about is Possession by Sarah McLaughlin. And if you're like, hold on, Lindley, that's a really interesting song. That's almost like a sexy song. It is not sexy because it's actually based on letters that Sarah McLaughlin re received from an obsessive fan. Oh, yeah. Like, and then a couple years later, after he heard the song, <clears throat> he actually tried to sue her to get money for the song that he claims he wrote he's like well i wrote those letters so i should get paid for that like are you kidding sir no sir you do not absolutely so, crazy so if you guys listen to that song it's really seductive it's really pretty you listen to it like the first time you're like yeah that is that's really like what a good song like that's sex and then you're like oh god oh no this is really creepy um and so that's my list nice that that will bring to a close this year's Halloween spook. Spook. Yes, fear. Um, again, guys, I, I think that we have to keep reiterating. We in no way are trying to glamorize this. We just thought it'd be an interesting topic to talk about, maybe bring some a uh, little bit of knowledge to your your ear holes. And maybe you want to go learn something about these cases that we talked about or you know explore other artists you know we like bringing because you know they're i'm pretty sure uh, some of you guys out there have never heard of nick cave or is it christopher knight chris knight chris knight yeah Knight, yeah so uh you know that's that's what we're trying to do here so uh in nowhere we like these are great songs because of their subject matter no we are not saying that at all um but uh we hoped you liked this episode question mark said with a question mark said incredulously 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 words are hard on halloween row ads <laughs> uh anyway um uh, this gonna, map is heavy i'm just gonna do our little uh socials over here and then we'll say our goodbyes and let you guys go trick-or-treating so uh, here's our social stuff. If you think that we're doing a good job, 
you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. Our Twitter is at rock and roll LT. That is a desert wasteland. Don't even bother. You can check out our Instagram at rock and roll heaven LT. Our Facebook is rock and roll heaven pod. Please again, go out there, check out uh, the stuff that we are posting there. Still not saying our website and uh, follow us on TikTok. And if we get enough followers, we can go live and do stuff and things. And it's, it'll be fun and awesome. Uh, that's at rock and roll heaven pod. And the and is spelled out. Uh, so rock and roll heaven pod. Uh, you can email us at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com. And please make sure that you're checking out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. Uh, I know that there's going to be some great holiday stuff coming up from uh, some of our sister and our brother shows. So uh, again, make sure to head over there and check all those other guys out. Uh, and that is pretty much it. Does anybody have any parting thoughts, words, or uh, any kind of knowledge that they would like to bestow on folks? Cool. Be, be wary of anyone buying an anvil who doesn't work at a renaissance fair. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, that's pretty much good to go on. Okay. All right. TJ, would you like to say anything to our audience? I guess not. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry. I was muted. All right, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's the scariest thing on zoom. All right. Will the thrill. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Nope, just happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We're going to get back to uh, Lane's Daily in a short while here. Yep, and uh, with that, just uh, please know, guys, that we are attempting to get these episodes out as quickly as possible, but it is very hard because we have workmen in here literally every single day, building stuff, changing things, and it is very hard to record. So we do apologize if we do miss a week, but we will get those episodes out. And again, guys, uh, today is Halloween. I want you to all be safe, have fun, carry a flashlight and an umbrella and make sure to check your candy. But like, you know, it's, it, you know, make sure it's all sealed up and good stuff like that. So uh, anyway, I hope you guys have a fantastic holiday and we will see you guys soon. Now to finish off this episode, uh, because I am such a massive Nick Cave fan, I'm going to bestow upon you guys one of my favorite Nick Cave and the Bad Seed songs. This is off Murder Ballads and this is Death is not the end. Goodbye, everybody.
that death is not the end. And all your dreams have vanished, and you don't know what's up the bend. Just remember that death is not the end. Not the end. Not the end. Just remember that death is not the end. When storm clouds gather round and heavy rains descend. Just remember that death is not the end. And there's no one there to comfort you with a helping hand to lend. Just remember that death is not the end. Not the end. Not the end. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.